ask more and offer more. Ask more and offer more. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So, so one, if you just take that advice without thinking about it anymore, you're going to be better off because most people don't ask for what they want. They just hope someone will notice and give them what they want. You've got to ask for it. The other is you, you would be surprised at the opportunities that open up if you offer more, but here's the, the, the little rider attached to both of those Mm -hmm. is when you ask, you have to be specific, ask specifically for what you want. Have you enjoyed listening to the incredible Paul podcast? Are you looking for a way to support it? Or maybe you just want some swag. Check out the Incredible Paul store today. We have shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, stickers, and so much more. Go to incredipaul.org, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-Paul.org, and click on the store link. Or go to link in my socials bio and click on the Incredible Paul shop. Looking forward to seeing your Incredible Paul look. Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Welcome to the Incredipal Podcast. And now, sharing his expertise, experience, and excellence with the world, here's your host, Paul Ferranbi. Hi, I'm Paul Ferrandi, and welcome to the Incredible Paul Podcast, where we learn how to become the most incredible versions of ourselves by learning from each other. Today, I have the honor of having Jody Mayberry on the podcast. He is a former park ranger and the happiest podcaster on earth. That was a brief introduction, but Jody, how about you introduce yourself the way you would do it? Oh, Paul, it's so good to be here. So we'll we'll just start there. That's a yeah. good introduction to say it's Wonderful to have met you. Thank you for inviting me to be on the show. And as Paul told you, I am a former park ranger and I say I'm the happiest podcaster on earth for two reasons. One, it allows me to do a short introduction (laughs) and, and it's a, it's a little catchy. It makes people say, Mm -hmm. what's the story behind that? And I like it when it causes people to ask me more questions. And the other is the Disney tie in. Happiest place on earth, happiest podcaster on earth. Most people know me from the podcast Creating Disney Magic, which I do with Lee Cockrell. So there's the tie-in, happiest podcaster on earth, Creating Disney Magic. So so that's it. Yeah, former podcaster turned happiest podcaster on earth. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, you you talked about Creating Disney Magic with Lee Cockrell and Disney. How about, talk more about that. How long have you been doing that show how did it happen well we launched that show at the end of 2014 we're on well i don't know what how many episodes are currently published but we've recorded about 455 episodes so far wow so we're we're closing in on 500 and we've been talking about having a big party for number 500 recording it live with an audience all that so we'll see we'll see we may do that that so usually people say what's your when when did you work at disney how do you know lee did you meet him there no none of it (laughs) i i was when I left parks, I went back to school to become mm. or to get an MBA. So okay. I went back to get a, a master's in business. 
And when I was done, I wanted a way to take what I had learned and bring it back to parks. But mm. I, I didn't want to be a park ranger again. So I launched a podcast called The Park Leader Show. It's still mm. out there. You can find it wherever you find podcasts. It's yeah. for leadership in the field of parks and conservation. Awesome. Well, I wanted to talk to someone from Disney to find out how in parks we can adopt some of what they do because natural parks and themed parks are not as different as you would expect. Hmm. I found the book creating magic by Lee Cockrell on Amazon. I didn't know him, but I reached out to him and asked if he'd come and be on my show and talk about what parks oh, wow. could learn from Disney. And he, I, I really didn't think I would hear from him because this guy ran Disney World for a decade. Yeah, right. He'd written this wonderful book. But what I didn't know, his sister-in-law had been a park ranger for 30 years. Oh, wow. She retired as the yes. superintendent of Glacier Bay National Park in Alaska. Wow. So he replied back, said, yes, I love park rangers. Let's do it. So we recorded one episode. It went great. I had him come back. That just led to us deciding to do a podcast together. And now all these years later that doing that podcast together has led to live events, courses, books, all, all sorts of stuff. So it's been wonderful. And I, I should tell a little of that story. Uh, I kind of crushed it all together to yeah. say it led to us doing a podcast together. Yeah. What happened is the second episode we did one about his first book, Creating mm -hmm. Magic. We did a second one about his second book, The Customer Rules. And at the end, I already knew how the audience liked the first one, the mm -hmm. first episode we did. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lee, have you ever thought of starting your own podcast? Because you're really good at doing this. And he said, oh, I'm at the time he was 70 years old. He said, I'm 70. I'm retired. I want to feel like I'm retired. I'm sure yeah. a podcast would be fun, but it sounds like work. Yeah. And I just saw the opportunity and I said, Lee, what if I do all the work and you just show up? Mm. And two weeks later, he called back and said, let's do it. So here awesome. we are uh, nine years later and nine still years. going. 90 years, over 450 episodes later. That's incredible that even to reach out to him in, in the, the first place i know a lot of people they they can get stuck in their heads and not even reach out and if he had never reached out then this, none of this would have ever happened having that show with him that's right and the the lesson to take from that is uh well there's there's two yeah. one is to ask more and offer more and we can talk more about that if you want. So that's yeah. one. Yeah, that's and number two is let people say no for themselves. Mm. Don't it's wrong to just say, well, I would ask Paul, but Paul will probably say no. So I just won't ask. Mm. Just ask and let Paul say no for himself. If mm. he's going to say no, you'd be surprised by how often people say yes. Yes, for sure. I, for me, that's firsthand in this podcast. I know you have, Crane Decent Disney Magic, the Jody Mayberry show, and like I think six other shows you're involved with. And so I wasn't even sure if you would say yes, but we had talked about when you came to speak at my church event. I said, I'm going to ask. And if you say no, it's a no, but here we are. Are you a STEM student? 
Do you have questions about life after undergrad? Are you not sure what professional development really means? Or maybe you just want to meet some incredible people and ask questions to someone who's been in your shoes before. The Incredible Student Community is for college students who want some help navigating through college, finding their way into grad school, a career, or even starting a business. We will meet once a month for an hour each time. You can reach out with questions at any time through a special group of people you know are serious about their growth as a student leading into a professional. Go to incredipal.org slash community to learn more about this. You can also go to my about page, incredipal.org slash about to learn more about me. Join me in becoming the most incredible student you can be. And here we are. And the other thing about no is no usually just means not right now. Mm. And so don't take a no forever unless unless I had said, Paul, no, I'm not going to be on your podcast and I'm never going to be on your podcast. Okay. Then, all right, maybe don't reach out again. But yeah. but in this case, not only was it not a no, it was a yes. And 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 here we are. Here we are. No, that, that's really good. And then for those of you who are listening, thanks for listening, but also check out the YouTube as well. You can see me and Jody here on the screen. It's a lot more interactive. Go to YouTube, but thanks for listening to the podcast. But I definitely want to talk more about what you were just saying about the, the, the first thing that you mentioned where it was and I'm losing my, my train of thought. What was, the, what was the first thing? Ask more and offer more. Ask more and offer more. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's right. So, so one, if you just take that advice without thinking about it anymore, you're going to be better off because most people don't ask for what they want. They just hope someone will notice and give them what they want. You've got to ask for it. Yes. The other is you, you would be surprised at the opportunities that open up if you offer more, but mm. Here's the, the, the little rider attached to both of those mm -hmm. is when you ask, you have to be specific, ask specifically for what you want. Mm. And when you offer, you have to be specific. For wow. example, had I said, Lee, I really enjoy you. You're a wise man. If there's ever anything I can do for you, let me know. Mm -hmm. I promise you, I never would have heard from Lee Cockrell again. Mm -hmm. But I said, Lee, if you just show up and we record, I'll take care of the rest on the podcast. Mm. Very specific offer. Yes. You show up. I will record you. I will produce the episode. I will put the episode out. You have done nothing other than show up. Mm. Very specific offer. Easy for him to say yes to and, mm. and look at what it has led to. So, yes. You, do that that is how you can help yourself and and help other people by asking for more and offering more but both sides you have to be very specific mm, that's really good so with that is that something that you started off doing pretty early or how did you get to the stage where you were asking more offering more asking those kind of larger questions i don't feel like most people are not there well, I I don't I used to take bigger risks, I guess, if it was just me. Now, Paul and I met in 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 uh St. Joseph, St. which is right by St. Louis, which is not far from Peoria. 
Illinois. Yeah. That's where I grew up, Peoria, Illinois. And I, ju I just started just taking big swings. Like I, at a young age, right after college, I moved out West all the way to Washington state. Mm. I didn't know anyone out here. I didn't have a job. I had about $700 in my pocket and that oh, was wow. it. And, and I just think that mind frame of being able to say, well, let's just do this and see what happens led yeah. to, let me just ask and see what happens to, let me just offer and see what happens. So the idea of what if, but then over time, I just realized, okay, well, I'm asking and people are saying no. So what if I ask in a different way? And then mm. I'm offering and people are saying no. So what if I offer in a different way? So mm. it was, it's all started with what if, and yeah. then just seeing what wasn't working and then trying it in different ways. And th so that's eventually how I got to understanding, all right, you've got to ask for what you want, mm -hmm. offer and, and just do it in a certain way. And you you will have more yeses than nos mm. oh that that's really good just to the i really like what you mentioned about it's really being intentional about asking big and not only that but being intentional about how you're asking and the evaluation piece because a lot of times we can get we can do the same thing over and over and over again I think it was Einstein that said, Sandy's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. But you realize this is not what you weren't getting the results. You try something different. And I think you tell me, like, as you were asking more and more and you saw better responses, you refined it. And then sure, it got a little bit easier. Yeah, that's that's right. And it's it's another way to look at it, I guess, is also polite persistence or pleasant mm. persistence. Cause yeah. I just keep showing up, you know, I'm, we're both Midwesterners and yeah. we're, we're pretty polite, right? That's how yeah. our, our mothers taught us oh. to be. And, and so how do you keep getting, how do you get what you want when you have to be polite and pleasant mm. about it? Well, you just keep showing up and you just keep yeah. asking and you just keep offering. And so that that's it. If you, if you don't have that, kind of bullish personality that you just go out and grab what you want. How do you still get it? I, I always joke Lee Cockerell talks about how if he wants in the house and you don't let him in the front door, you know, he'll go to the back door. He'll climb in the window. He'll come down the chimney. However, he has to get in ah. and I believe it. He's very persistent. Mm. Well, I'm probably going to get in your house because I'll get to know your grandmother and she'll invite me over for tea. <laughs> just it's the same type of persistence. It's yeah. just a, a different way of going about it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I like that a lot. So I, I know you mentioned that like how you grew up in Priora, you moved out to Washington, um, seven hundred dollars in, in your pocket. So how what was that like? And because I know you transitioned from park ranger to uh going getting your mba before you started podcasting but did you start park doing the park ranger stuff out and then the north out west or in washington or how i like, walking through that yeah there's a big step in between so yeah. i moved out to washington and you can imagine 700 dollars doesn't last very long 
Yeah. And, and then I, I took a job because I needed to pay bills. And I stayed there a year because I said I would be there a year. And I said, all right, I've, I've got to do something different here. I went to school for finance. Mm. So I, I found a bank I really wanted to work for. It was okay. headquartered in a small town. Mm. And they didn't have the job that I wanted available. Uh-huh. So I took a job as a loan servicing specialist. So if you have a home loan and you have a problem and you call the bank, I was one of those guys who would oh, answer okay. the phone okay, and talk to you about your problem. And I said, you know, I'm all it's going to take is I'm going to get in the door and they'll have no choice but to promote me eventually. Yeah. yeah. And so I took that job as a loan servicing specialist and I got inside and worked my magic and uh, six months later was promoted to a staff accountant. Six months wow. later was promoted to a financial analyst. Wow. So that I was a financial analyst at a commercial bank when I decided I'm going to be a park ranger. Okay. Yeah. So there was a yeah big, big chunk in there that yeah. it's not a, a typical transition from a financial analyst to a park ranger, but yeah. they're just... There just came a point, and it actually what I remember it specifically. My my granny had passed away, and I I was close to my granny. I came back to Peoria for her funeral, got back to Washington, and I thought I could even if I did my job with excellence every day. Who's better off? May maybe the shareholders. You know, yeah. now I would look at it different. I'm more experienced, and I I realized yeah. I'd look at it different. But at the time. I thought nobody's better off. So I'm just going to, I'm going to do something I've always wanted to do. That's why I decided to become a park ranger. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. But I had at the time I had a a degree in finance, a degree in marketing, but I did not have enough natural science credits to be a park ranger. So for a year, I went back to school at night to get enough credits to become a park ranger. So it, it took a little, it took a little while after making the decision. It's not like I came back from my granny's funeral, walked in the door and said, I'm out of here. I'm a park ranger. Yeah. It, it took a lot of planning and persistence. Okay. okay. Uh, that's really cool. So how long were you a park ranger before you kind of transitioned into the, the podcast and the park leader show? Uh, eight years. Eight years. I, yep, I was a ranger for for eight years. And it, it was fabulous. Being a park ranger is as wonderful as you think it would be, unless you don't like the outdoors, then it's as <laughs> terrible as you imagine it would be. But I personally just loved it. It, it was great. Awesome. So what is something about, and you probably got this question before, about being a park ranger that most people probably don't know, or it's more than the meat style, like the, because like people come in the park and they do different things. So I'm sure there's a lot more stuff that you do that people don't even realize that you're doing or a part of. Well, there, there is, there's a lot that goes on backstage that you never know a park rangers in, involved in maintenance park rangers end up, you mop a lot as a park ranger, you oh, fix wow. things, you, uh, you end up cleaning toilets and showers. Like you wow. never know what a park ranger is going to end up doing. But most of it during the busy season, when you want to be at a park, that means a park ranger has to be there. So oh. that that's the other piece is you don't often realize that a park ranger to be there to serve you m- means 
at the peak recreation times when a park rangers family's recreating they're out with you making sure you're having oh. a great time so i think that's the one thing most people don't realize about park rangers but you know it's it's true about people in hospitality in general mm-hmm. that work at hotels or theme parks or all that but there, there yeah there's a lot that goes on as a park ranger we we deal with I was a law enforcement ranger. So Mm. we deal with situations you may not expect park rangers to deal with because whatever issues you, Paul, when you go camping, whatever issues you got at home, you usually bring them to the park too. Oh yeah. And so whatever happens at someone's house, it happens like, Oh wow. We get it all the drugs, alcohol, domestic violence. Then on top of that, the stuff that, people do at parks because they don't realize they shouldn't or they realize they shouldn't and they don't care. So yeah, Mm. there's, there's a lot that goes on at most of it. 98.4% of what goes on at parks is wonderful, but there is that (laughs) small piece that Rangers have to deal with that, that isn't always great. And then there's other things, search and rescue and uh, just, my goodness, you you just never know as a ranger what's going to come up that day. I mean, it could one day you could help someone that's lost in the woods. The next day you're rescuing a bald eagle. The next oh, wow. day you are sitting at your desk doing reports. It just is all over the place. Are you wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? Or maybe you just feel stuck? Then coaching might be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life and want to start to see results, reach out to Incredipal for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to incredipal.org slash coaching, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-P-A-U-L dot org slash coaching or at I am Incredipal on all my socials. Or you can click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the most incredible version of yourself. Wow. Yeah, I, that's something I didn't think about is that, yeah, people are people. And they're the same people outside of the park as they are in the park. And then even being a, a law enforcement park ranger that, yeah, I didn't I didn't know that, I was, that that was even a thing as far as, but it makes sense as far as, having park rangers and one that's specifically dedicated to law enforcement yeah yeah it is true there are rangers some some are interpretive rangers some are law enforcement some are seasonal staff there's maintenance that but what is wonderful about it is that you and you can feel it as a ranger you feel it when it happens that, that maybe there's someone that doesn't hasn't been to parks much and they come out and you help them make that connection Mm -hmm. that changes everything for them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they're going to go home and quit their job and become a park ranger, (laughs) but it does mean they've made a special connection Mm. to a place or an experience or a feeling and they'll keep coming back because there, there is, we, we experienced this during the pandemic when everything else was closed People didn't have anywhere else to turn. So w- what did they do? They came to parks. Mm, yeah, that's true. And they spent time outdoors and they recreated and they recreated and they explored. Mm. And 
it's really cool as a park ranger to get to see that happen to people. Mm. Well, that's that's really powerful because you're really making an impact. This, like they've been thinking about that, especially during COVID, where everything else is shut down. This is where people can actually unwind and really still experience life when everything else was seemingly falling apart for us. Yeah, that's right. And and a good thing about it is if you if you get someone when they're a kid, if you can get them to realize how special something out in the woods is, you you've got them for life. Hmm. You you get a kid hooked on nature and then they start bringing their parents too. They they always bug their parents to come back. And so <laughs> it's it's really neat what's really special is when you run into families where there's three generations camping together. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool where you've got yeah. grandparents, parents, and grandkids all together camping and just seeing them and enjoy nature and that, that way together. Yeah. It, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. I love that. Love that. So I know you mentioned that people could still um, listen to the park leader show. Are you still recording new episodes for that? Yeah. As well? Yeah, still recording new episodes and I probably twice a year I'll speak at a at a park conference or do a training for park people somewhere and it it's great park people are still my people. So yes. it's it's always great to be out there and you you can't often you you can't beat the location. I did a training for Nevada State Parks mm. and we ended up doing half of it in Zion National Park. Oh wow. And I had to catch myself and cuz we we were teaching outdoors and to think my goodness look at this. Like w- when you and I met uh, Church on the Rock beautiful facility, yeah. beautiful building. Yeah. But it doesn't compare to Zion National Park. Oh, that's not. <laughs> and to be out there thinking holy cow, I get to just talk to people in a setting like this. It's, it's just amazing. So I'm still, I still love parks as much as I did Mm. the day I became a park ranger. Mm. I just serve parks in a different way now than I did. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. I love that. So at least you talked about the park leader show, creating Disney magic, the Jody Mayberry show. So how many podcasts are you currently a part of right now? Oh my goodness. I'd have to do the math. I would, yeah. I would say, uh, without getting out all my fingers and counting, I yeah. think it's, it's probably, uh, six or seven right now Wow. with a, uh, I'm going to be launching another one this summer that I, wow. I'm pretty excited. It's always exciting to launch new yeah. ones, yes. which, uh, th- with the excitement of launching new ones, it talks to the testament of some of the other ones that have like creating Disney magic, 450 episodes. Yeah. That, you know, you have to, that's, that's something special. Mm-hmm. I, you know, maybe my granny would slap my jowls for bragging on myself, but that's <laughs> something special to be able to show up 450 times with yes. something to say yes. when the real excitement, it always feels like ah, a new show. That's really exciting. Mm-hmm. But you're serving people even better when you can do it nine years in a row yes. and, and still attract people to come and listen and still have something fresh to say, but yeah, I've got, 
I've got some, and there are some shows that I'm involved with that I used to host. Mm-hmm. And now I produce and host sometimes okay. an example. We've talked about Lee Cockrell a few times. Yes. He was the executive vice president of Walt Disney world. Yes. His son, Dan Cockrell spent 26 years at Disney. Oh, he wow. retired as the vice president of magic kingdom at Walt Disney world. Mm-hmm. And when he retired, we launched a show together and for several years, three years, probably we did it together and then he started doing more and more interviews and now i'm on the show once every month or two and the rest is him doing interviews mm. there's a one or two other shows that do it that way yeah but to me that's really fulfilling because mm. we went from launching a show together to yeah. dan taking off and doing his own show without me now i love being on the show but it's even more meaningful to see we progress so much that mm-hmm. he took off on his own. So that one, if you live, that one's called come rain or shine and you'll still hear me on that show, but it's not as often as it used to be. Okay. So that, that one is one. I actively produce it. I just don't, I'm not on it all the time. Okay. Another one like that is find my catalyst. Mike Simmons and I started that show when he f- 14 2015 it's been a while oh wow it was always the two of us until it wasn't and then just like dan he took off and 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 does the show i'm on it maybe every three or four months but it's usually mike by himself and that's pretty that's pretty cool to me so i've got those i've got um morgan james radio which is a a book public a show for book about authors yeah world at work which is a show about building excellent cultures at work that one i do with with tim dick and gosh i don't want to leave any out i've got one that's um like um i have an online community called the phoenix club we've got a podcast just for that so just members in that get that show um the I wish I could tell you the one that's coming up, but I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I'm pretty Fair excited enough. about that one. Fair enough. Yeah. So uh, may, maybe when we launch that one, the person I'm doing it with, they, they can come on your show and talk about it. That that way <laughs> you can still find out about it, but yeah, yeah. That would be cool. I'd love to do and, that. And then in the, there's a lot of shows I used to do that have run their course and I no longer do. Like um, if Disney ran your life, that was a great show with Jeff Noel I've done a show on travel writing, show for real estate agents, uh, mm-hmm. a pharmacy show. Mm-hmm. It's just all over the place. It's fun. That's one of the great things about podcasting. You can explore just about any topic. Yeah. So that that's really good. And thanks for really giving that breakdown of the different shows that you're a part of. I know I was able to listen to a couple of episodes of the Jody Mayberry show. And you talk about the the world at work with Tim Dick. And so at least the latest episode that I was listening to, you guys were, you know, he was interviewing you and asking you a few questions that you didn't know about. And I also learned about what you thought was the best, uh, best, what is it? The best symbol or best, I can't remember the word for oh, best yeah, logo no. in, yeah. in sports. And then I learned about the Hartford Whales and I had, I had nothing, I didn't know anything about them before that, but now I know it's a good logo. 
say that. It is beautiful. So the Hartford Whalers, if you've never heard of them, and a lot of people haven't by now, yeah. they ended up moving to Carolina. So they are now the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Before that, though, the Hartford Whalers, the hands down, the and I'm a, I am a big St. Louis Blues fan. I love mm. the Blues logo. Yeah. But the Hartford Whalers, best logo ever on a sports jersey. That's a good logo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. And I, yeah, I learned something from it. I had no idea about that. That's good. But I know you talk about making different podcasts, working with people, and really offering something specific for them. I think that's a lot of what you do with these podcasts. And I want you to talk a little bit about uh, why people should make a podcast. Like, like a lot of the people I have on here are, are entrepreneurs or they're people in STEM. And what do, what do you think the, the value is of having a podcast? Well, the, the, there are some big reasons and I'm going to, and I can go to some of the others, but I'm going to start with my favorite and it's mm -hmm. one that might be unexpected. And yeah, you can talk about how it's a marketing tool and it'll make you an expert to positioning and all that. It's all true. Mm -hmm. But my favorite thing is that there is something special that happens. Paul, hopefully you're feeling it. There's mm -hmm. something special that happens when you have to show up every week with something to say or mm -hmm. show up every week and have a good conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just start to learn more about yourself. Mm -hmm. You learn how to talk about what you do and explain yourself with clarity. Mm -hmm. You become better spoken. You just become, you get to this point where you can stand up in front of anybody and, and talk because you're used to doing it, even though usually you're in your room by yourself. Yeah. It translates well into doing it in front of other people. And even if no one listens, because in the beginning, it'll just be, you and your mom listening to the podcast. And yeah. that's okay because you're still going to get a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. There is magic in, in that momentum that you get by just showing up and talking and then showing up and talking and you'll launch a show. And by week seven, you've been carried through with enthusiasm. And now in month two, you're realizing well, this is kind of hard to come up with something to say every week, yeah. two months now. And month three is right around the corner. And even even interviewing, if you're if a show is mostly interview based, it, that's still around the point where it gets tough. Oh, my goodness. I've got to find guests. I've got to figure out what to talk to them. I've yeah. got to do some research. But if you can push through that, that that's actually that next step, like episode 10 through 20, that's where you really find it. That's because I feel like, and I don't, I don't intend this to sound all that bad, but yeah. tech stuff is so easy now. Podcasting technically has become so easy now compared to when I first started. I bet. Yeah. So yeah. that part is easier than ever. Mm -hmm. But the other stuff is just as hard, if not harder, to mm -hmm. show up every week and say something. So I feel like almost anybody 
could launch a show and do five, six, seven episodes. Yeah. But what happens now, it starts getting hard at seven. Then you get to 10. Then mm -hmm. by the time you push to 20, you're feeling it, Paul. I know you are. You, you <laughs> start to say, hey, I've got this. Mm -hmm. I, I believe in myself more than I did on episode four. Yes. I feel good talking and explaining and asking questions and mm -hmm. having conversations. So yes, there are business reasons to, to do a podcast. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are marketing reasons to do a podcast. Mm -hmm. But for me, the, the best reason to do it is what happens with yourself. Paul and I never would have met without podcasting, not only because it eventually drew the line that connected me from launching a show to Pastor Blunt at Church on the Rock. Yeah. Yeah, that happened through podcasting. But me even being on that stage with something hopefully powerful, meaningful to yes, say, that point. came because I show up every week with something mm -hmm. to say. Wow, that that is powerful what you just broke down. It reminds me of a, a quote from John Maxwell that says, consistency compounds. And I feel like what you were doing with podcasting where it was from the Park Leaders show to creating these Disney magics, all the shows you have right now, all of that was really the consistency that continued to compound and develop. And yeah, like I, where you said that sometimes you're just in a room by yourself, a lot of times it is, it does feel like that. But the first few episodes, I definitely was, I want to say it was a struggle, but I was still trying to figure out if I even liked this podcasting or not. It was something that I, I it, was, it was suggested to me. I always had this logo, but I was more doing it for coaching and some speaking stuff when I reached out to STEM students. But a few people asked me about if I had a podcast and then it, that do I probably the third or fourth time after probably a year and a half of doing this, I felt, felt like I hit off, it off the side of the head saying like, I should probably do a podcast. And, and that's a way to develop my speaking and also connect better with people. Yeah, it, it is. It's wonderful. And I've had podcast episodes that help me shape ideas mm. a lot. When you heard me on stage, Paul, a lot of what I talked about, those stories, yeah. those ideas, those lessons, yeah. they many of them started as a podcast episode. Wow. And then they just keep getting reshaped until they yeah. work. And there are times where I'll, I'll have a podcast and people will ask enough questions or I get enough comments and I say, ah, that's it. That's something people are interested in. Mm. And it, it's just amazing. It's, it's like a, a little, uh, we've been talking hockey a little <laughs> bit here. It's like yeah. having like the, when I was growing up in Peoria, the farm club for the St. Louis blues was the Peoria Riverman. So you'd see players play in Peoria and then they'd go off and play in, St. Louis. Yeah. It's kind of what a podcast has been for me. Mm. You'll hear ideas show up on a podcast and then they end up on stage because mm. it worked. Mm. It gave me a chance to test it and mm. then I can use it on stage. So there podcasting has just been everything I do now, the all the work I do now has been built on the back of podcasting. Literally because it's been my platform, but then yeah. also in the sense that I, I built my 
self-confidence, my image, my, all of that has come from podcasting. And, and it came from showing up, having something to say, and, oh no, it's time for another episode. I've got to come up with something new to say. And, yes. and it's good because you start pulling stories from the, from the past and figuring out, okay, how do I weave a lesson into this? Or mm -hmm. you find a lesson and you say, okay, now I've got to find a story that goes with it. Mm. And it it's just, um, and the, the Jody Mayberry show changes a lot over time. There'll be a spell where it's a lot of solo episodes of just me. And then I'll do a lot of interviews and then it'll come back to just me. And mm -hmm. when it's just me, I, I have a certain, rhythm or cadence i do shows okay. in that i learned as a park ranger and so that's okay. just another thread it all comes through so as a park ranger you become good at interpretation and mm -hmm. there's a method to interpretation that i just adapted for podcasting mm -hmm. which i then adapted to use on the stage and real quick rundown of it and paul you you were there to see me speak so yes. as i go through this you'll probably say oh that's that's i remember him doing that so mm -hmm. i call it a swap for two re one one because part part of um giving a presentation i feel is that you are swapping your enthusiasm from yourself to mm. the people in the audience yeah but swap stands for story so I always start out with a story. You oh, saw yeah. that. I talked about Kevin Jury. Kevin Jury, yes. That's right. It was a good um, story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the W in swap is what's in it for me. Mm. Me being the listener. So okay. you were in the audience. So it's what's in it for you, not, yes. not me on the stage. Yes. The A is the call to action. And then mm. the P is the payoff. And mm -hmm. so I used that, that that's what I would use as a park ranger. Okay. And I used that on stage. I walked through that process. I told a story. I said, what was in it for you to have a podcast? Mm -hmm. The call to action was start a podcast. And then the payoff, we talked a lot about what you get by starting yes. a podcast. Yeah. And I say all of that to say, it's just a, another read from my park ranger time into podcasting on the stage and the more you you talk i shaped all of that by podcasting because i kept talking about it and and adjusting pieces of it and figuring out how it worked and it all comes from podcasting because as you start to talk then you you understand how pieces of your past stories from your past lessons mm -hmm. from your past apply to right now yeah. and then you figure out how to teach it to other people and talk about it to other people so it just it just works so well and even if a lot of people want want to get into podcasting for to make money mm -hmm. i get that question a lot because people see see and hear me on podcast mm -hmm. and i say look i do hope you make money in podcasting i want us all to do well yeah but if that's the only reason you're doing it, man, you're missing out on the most special part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I hope you're feeling all of that, Paul, is yes. you're, you're getting deeper into it and it's going on longer and you're building relationships and having more conversations because every question you ask me, 
probably helps you understand how to ask questions the next interview. And yeah. then that one will set you up for the next one. Mm-hmm. And it just builds on itself. But you, you've got to build the base. You've got to yeah. get past episode 10 yeah. and keep going for it to really start getting the payoff. Yeah. No, I, I really like that. That's so true as far as really continuing to progress and kind of hone your craft. And even I like what you shared about the, the swap method. Oh, like I, I really, now that you mentioned it, that is the progression you took for your talk. That that's talk about the story about Kevin Jury was really captivating. Oh, he punched you in the face and <laughs> now you guys are best of friends and all the stuff that came out of that. But it was really captivating story. And then you definitely talked about the what's in it for me as far as uh, at least the setting we were in was more people, their businesses and trying to show why it's important for you to have a podcast for your business to show yourself. I, you did mention the showing up that when the power of showing up for something every day yeah, and also position yourself as an expert in your field. And that really distinguishes you from other people that's that's very powerful yeah and and that that is one of them and and that presentation as an example someone was in the front row who owns a salon so yeah i I used her as she was gracious enough to let me keep using her as an example and you can be really good at salon work i i don't know what all goes into mm-hmm. being good when you own a salon but yeah. you could be really good at it mm-hmm. but if nobody knows you're good at it then that's as that i mean how far are you going to get but if you yeah. if you're the one who has a podcast about n- nails and hair and all that stuff that goes on and man that's who people turn to same with real estate agents get a Mm -hmm. podcast out there talk about your community talk about what to look for in a home talk about what to look for in a real estate agent Mm -hmm. it it's it'll just set you apart from everybody else it's really powerful powerful well we are about out of time that really flew by but is there anything else that you want to talk about as far as the importance of a podcast or just about yourself in general that you feel like the audience needs to know? Well, I I think that if you're, hopefully Paul and I have inspired you to think about doing a podcast mm-hmm. because my goodness, it podcasting has literally taken me all over the world. Mm. Jeff Noel and I recorded episodes of if Disney ran your life, from the observation deck of the Quake Tower in Kuwait City. Wow. We've recorded episodes in, next to a track at Oregon State University, at Disneyland, wow. at Disney World, next to a glacier in Glacier National Park. Wow. So, yeah, in my case, it's really taken me everywhere. Mm. But it can take your voice everywhere, mm. whether or not you get to record from the observation deck of Kuwait Tower. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing. I... I, for example, I showed up at this event in St. Joseph and I'd been to St. Louis many times, but I had never been to, I, I'd never met in person, anyone else that was at that event, Mm. but I showed up and people knew me and some people even knew things I had said before and and what I talked about. And that's pretty cool. That comes from having a podcast. 
it's mm-hmm. it's it's incredible and and it's incredible both it's it's both <laughs> there so you, go. <laughs> you don't podcasting does not have to be your main thing mm-hmm. it is not my main thing but it's one of the things i am enthused about because it's such a good complement to the other work mm-hmm. and the other work has just been built on the back of it so I would just say, explore the idea. You may decide, no, it's not for me. And that's fine. It isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. But just explore the idea. Check it out on on uh, my website. If you go to jodymayberry.com, there is a guide called Podcast Magic. That'll just help you explain what goes into it, how to think about podcasting to make sure you get at least past that 10 episode hurdle because i feel like if you get past 10 you're mm. more likely to keep going so that's at jodymayberry.com all the podcasts i work on are right there on my website as well so you can check some of them out but that that's it if you have questions or you're thinking about it reach out to paul because i mean he's 20 plus episodes in now <laughs> reach out to me i've i've done I don't have an exact count for you because it goes up by multiple episodes every week, but it's more than 1700 episodes. Wow! So I've done a few, I've done a few. (laughs) So so feel free to, to reach out, just go to, go to my website, download that podcast magic guide, look through it and see if you've got any questions. That's, that's amazing. I love that. Yes, definitely reach out to Jody Mayberry. He is the expert. He knows that you've been doing it since 2014 not just one podcast, several podcasts across the board. Uh, I know you shared your website. I'll make sure I put it in the show notes, jodymayberry.com. Is there any other way you want people to be able to connect with you? Or is the, be- the website the best way to go? You know, the website's the best way. I do I do enjoy Instagram. On Instagram, I'm Sugar J Mayberry. Sugar but J. I will tell you on Instagram, it's rarely about podcasting or business. I just, I just love posting nature photos and i do minute long clips called minute in nature so oh nice you can follow me there and say hello please do say hello but if you're going there to learn about business or podcasting i'm going to disappoint you because i'm i mostly just post pretty photos <laughs> well i think that's the point of instagram so i think that is great so definitely give him a follow i'm going to follow you right after this sugar sugar j mayberry uh, I'll make sure I link that as well, put it across the screen. And so, Jody, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You added a lot of value to me and all the people that came to event in Church on the Rock. And then even beyond that, what you did by offering more, really accepting more, I guess, with being on this podcast with me. For everyone listening or watching, I hope you learned something from Jody's story as far as what he was doing, how he was able to ask big and refine his technique and really go after things that he was passionate about. A lot of times I feel like in life, we feel like we have to have everything figured out right away and we're stuck in one road, but that's not true. Go after your passions, whatever it is, and consider starting a podcast. You never know how it can make you be incredible. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Incredible Paul Podcast with Paul Ferranbi. We hope you enjoyed. 
Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. And be incredible. Incredible. Incredible.